still we fucked up. Fucked up bad. Tell me something encouraging. I just smoked a buck. I smoked a fork. Oh my god, my first year. This episode is brought to you by the following sponsors of Ridge Ridge Outdoors Podcast. Archery Geek Custom Strings. Use promo code R2R to save 15% out at checkout. Bow and Arrow Shop. Make sure you guys check out Bruce and the boys down at Lakeside, California for all your archery equipment and hunting gear needs. Right to Bear Arms. Located in Alpine, California, hit Drew and Trent up for all your firearm needs. Tricer USA. The lightest and fastest glassing system on the market. Use promo code R2R to save 15% off at checkout. <laughs> all right. Are we live? We're live. We're live. All right, so right now Brian's up here. We're about to head down to our hunting spot tomorrow and try to whack a, another local buck, which brings us to the topic of the first local buck. Click, that, was, click. that was not as cool as the beer opening, but <laughs> this is any can closing. So Brandon's in Michigan. Ryan is up in Temecula right now. So we figured we have the gear. Why not run through a hunt that both of us were involved in? Um, so local San Diego deer. Oh, we still have to hit the Utah elk too. We do. But before we hit that, we're cracking beers. He's staying up at my house tonight so we can hunt tomorrow morning. And, uh, yeah. So how do we get into this? Well, A22 open. That's the start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know, dude, we were bouncing all over the place looking for deer. Well, I'd been I'd been glassing for about two months before season even opened, and uh, ended up finding a stud buck. And then one of the days that I was out there, Kremensky found me, and uh, he ended up seeing the big buck that that I was watching for a while. Uh, I think as soon as season opened, I think I found him like the fourth day, and found him at eighteen hundred yards by myself. And once he bedded down with a couple other bucks. I went in for a stock, got in there. I was like 500 yards away and the wind was just super shifty. So I, I went way around to put a good stock on this deer and have the wind right. I just, I wanted one chance just to make it happen. Uh, when I say three by three, a big three by three, I mean, he's a, he's a dandy San Diego buck. Um, high guards and everything, huh? Oh yeah. He's a nice buck. Yeah. And, uh, so I had all my, my points that I had marked in my head of where I needed to be. And I, I looped way around. Once I got within 100 yards of that deer, uh, took my boots off and went my socks. And it took me over an hour to close that 100 yards. Not even that, 60 yards. The wind kind of died out a little bit. So I had marked a bush, <clears throat> and I started creeping up on that bush. And once I got within 40, I just slowly started moving around this bush, hoping to see antler tips. And I was just going to sit down and wait it out till they moved their bed that morning. And uh, I heard something over my shoulder, and I looked over, and that big buck was standing at 40 yards. Picked up my rangefinder, got a range on him, and by the time I hit a range, they were they were already trotting off. Not not busting out of there, but they were trotting off. They knew something was up. Um, and honestly, I, I think I had the biggest smile on my face that I've ever had because I just worked in from 1,800 yards and got 40 yards from one of the biggest bucks I've ever seen in San Diego County. Um his boys weren't too shabby, weren't they? No, his boys were nice too. The two other bucks were nice. Um, 
So that next morning, I grabbed some some crackers and elk sausage and went up to another peak to see if I could glass them up. And sure enough, last light, glassed them up a few hundred yards away from where I busted them. And that brings us into the phone call I got from Brian. That was the, they're firing off over here phone they're, call? They're firing off over here. You should come take a look with me. <clears throat> and uh, so one of the days, was it after work or a, week, a weekend? I've been going after work at that point because on weekends I would go up see the family and I would just hunt every time I could after work. Yeah. Uh, when I would get out early. So you were telling me the bucks were firing off in a different area, different elevation. So one day after work we went out there together and we glassed one mountainside and then we turned around and started glassing the other and Brian's like, bro, I got a buck. Wait, wait, this that was the foggy day. No, no, we went out the first day and then the foggy day was the second day, I thought. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So Brian's like, this buck's lip curling. So he, he points me in the right direction. I start looking. I'm like, sure enough. He's like, that's a that's a three by three. And I said, oh, are those those 15 vortex? Because that's not a three <laughs> by three. That's definitely a nice big forky. And uh, so we went, we tried to make a play on him, but he bedded down and the does took off. And we just really, after we went over the hill, we didn't know where he ended up. So if we would have spent a little more time, we, we might have gotten onto him, but I... Once they disappear, if you watch them bed, it's a better bet to kill them. Yeah. Um, that was, okay, now I remember. That was the day I went shooting in the afternoon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you went shooting right after that. Yeah, I hooked up with Justin and Brent and got our rifles zeroed in. And uh, we actually went back back out there that afternoon and we found him again. Yeah. Yeah, but he was, for some reason, he got out of that thick patch he went into. And we thought he would he was there, and we kind of got closer closer to look at it, and we, we were like 150 yards away, and he never stood up. Nothing, but uh, we saw him come out of that same exact patch. Actually, Justin was the one who uh, picked him up first with the SLCs. Yeah, those 15s SLCs, yeah. and they're, they're not vortex, but they're pretty good. Um, <laughs> that buck took off. He was on a mission. He went clear over that clear over that ridge to the backside. Um, those does were still hanging out, but uh, yeah, that next day or was the I don't remember if it was the next day. Whatever it was, we got fogged out. Yeah, so we went up to the mountain to this death hike. It sucked. Got fogged out to like 11 o'clock, and we ended up just leaving after we started. Oh, someone started shooting. Yeah, the guy was target shooting below us, and we heard like ricochets going right over us. Yeah, yeah, I ducked behind a rock until he reloaded, and then we, we ducked off the mountain. I'm like, nope, we're not hunting here. Mm-mm. So the following day, I went to the same area, but... I don't know, probably a quarter mile away to check out. I just want to check out some new spots. Um, ended up seeing some deer. As soon as I parked, actually, I had a deer just walk right across the road behind me. And uh, went up and checked out that area. And then that, that night I went home and, and started doing what I do. is I check out my maps, check out spots that people won't go to, spots that are hard to get into, spots that deer are going to be comfortable in. Um and I'm pretty sure I hit you up and told you I, I found a spot. I, I want to go check it out. Yeah. So the next day, I had to go bring Bruce some money. We were trying out some binoculars for Carly, some Diamondback HDs. We took them for a few days to see if we liked them. Turned out they were everything she could she could ever need. And uh, so I went to the bow shop, paid for those binos, and then I was telling Bruce where I was going to go. And he's like, dude, you have like two hours of light left. You better... What are you doing here? You like you need to go hunt. So I'm not worried about it. I'm just checking this spot out. So <clears throat> drive. Oh, I shouldn't even say the time I drove. 
Um, so I drove away from the bow shop. Less than two hours. Yeah, less than two hours. <laughs> <laughs> drove away from the bow shop, and I parked, and I just made my way up this brutal vertical hill, uh, knowing that not many people are going to park and just, just hike vertical to get to a bowl. I figured my chances were pretty good to at least see deer. Um, as I crested the hill, I picked up my, my swirls I had just got from Skeet Simmons. Uh, man, those things are amazing. I picked them up, start glassing, and looking at deer trails before I walked into this bowl and kind of got boots on the ground to see what the terrain was like. I ended up glassing up a doe, and as soon as that happened, there was a, there was a little knoll that kind of looked over the ledge at where they were. So I crept up to that, set up my tripod, and started started glassing. And all of a sudden, that doe turned into another doe, and another doe, and another doe, and then then beast. Beast was standing right there in the wide open. The beast. The beast. The San Diego archery beast. Um, so I'm sitting there watching, and I, there was another knoll about 200 yards to my left that, that got me closer. So I dropped off the backside of that one, got to the next one, set up the tripod again, and started looking at this deer. And I've been glassing for two months out of season knowing that I can't chase deer. And so my whole mindset was different. Like I'm sitting there watching this thing. And then I finally it clicked. I'm like, wait a second. I've got an hour of light left and I have an opportunity to kill this deer. Like, why am I sitting here? Um, so I backed off the knoll a little. Oh no, I took some pictures. Yeah. You sent them to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I started taking pictures. I took 15 pictures and out of the 15, I think two turned out that are on my, my story on the San Diego hunting adventure story. Um, yeah, it's just, it, I couldn't even, I couldn't even get steady enough to, to take a picture through my binos. At that point, I knew that even though that three by three was bigger, uh, this, this buck had all kinds of character and it was, it was a chance that I was, you know, I had to take. So I backed off that mountain, that knoll a little bit. I put a decoy on my bow actually, and I put my sneaks on. And uh, I looked at my maps real quick, and I saw where they were feeding to, and it looked like there was a dry pond. At the point, I didn't know it was dry. I thought there was water in it. And I said, I've got, at this point, 50 minutes to get close enough to make a shot. So the cliff I went up, I ended up dropping off the side of the cliff, and I was running, like, full speed to close three, 400 yards. Um, and then once I got to the ravine where the, the dry creek was or the dry uh, pond was, I was going to start heading up and peek over the hill and see if I can get a shot. So <clears throat> it didn't take me very long to cover that ground. And uh, <laughs> what was? I'm not trying to burn out the spot. So I was saying, say they were hunters. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I take off running get to where I'm, I think I'm about a hundred yards away and I start coming up this, this ravine to where, uh, where I think I can, I can get a shot on this buck. And the only reason why I put the decoy on, it's not to stalk deer. The decoy is basically once you step out from a bush at shooting distance, you're going to have an opportunity. You're going to have enough time to take a shot. So as I'm creeping up, the wind hits me in the back of my neck, and I'm like, this is going to ruin everything. This is this is bad news. 
and there's a doe at 40 yards. I, I see her ears, I see her face, 40 yards to my right. And the buck was at, when I, when I finally stepped up and saw him, the buck was at 61, 64. My rangefinder kept bouncing back and forth because I was shaking so bad. Um, I'd never have buck fever like that. Like, that was the first time that I was, I was shaking throughout the whole entire scenario. The whole 40 minutes that all this took place, I was shaking. I feel that it's been a problem for R2R this year. Yeah, dude, this buck fever thing. It's just been... <laughs> Spreading. It's just been taking hold of us. I'll start hunting with a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get up to this bush, and I, I start ranging, and I step out. I draw, and I step out to shoot, and everything was everything was wrong. I mean, the sun was right over, like, to my right, into my uh, my peep, my sight, everything. I was shaking really bad. Um, as soon as I wrap my, my thumb around my my release... I mean, I was I was settled in pretty good, but I didn't even apply pressure. The the bow just literally went off. I think I just had so much adrenaline. <clears throat> it, it it took hold of me, and that arrow went flying. He was quartering away from you, right? He was quartering away. Um, so you were aiming for the last rib. I was aiming for the last rib, but he turned pretty hard. Like so, he was quartering away. But as soon as he saw the decoy, because I was grunting and rattling and doing all kinds of stuff to try to get his attention beforehand. Mm-hmm. So he knew something was going on on the backside of that hill. Um, <clears throat> so his feet, he kind of did a couple side steps, and I, I saw that back rib, and I've been shooting a lot. And I'm pretty confident in my shooting, but I think with the, the sun in my eyes and me shaking so bad, I think 61 yards is probably a little bit too far of a poke for that situation, but it wasn't even something I could get a thought around. Uh, as soon as I wrapped my thumb around that trigger, it it just broke. I ended up shooting that deer a little bit far back, further than I wanted to. Um, and I saw it take off running. I saw blood right away. I knew it was it was going to die. I just didn't know when it was going to die. So, <clears throat> come to find out, you know, I was going to sit there and wait, wait it out. And when he bedded down, give him a few hours to die. And I was going to get up on a hillside and, and, and glass into the, the bowl where he was and just kind of watch it. And just once he was once he was dead, I was going to go in after him. Well, that all changed when uh, some people came up and over the hill and saw the buck <laughs> bedded. And they yelled, oh, my God, you see that buck right there? <laughs> and that thing, that thing stood up and just took off on a dead run. Oh, I shouldn't say dead run. I mean, he was... He was limping pretty bad. He was hurting pretty bad. Um, so I watched him go up and over a hill, and I marked like a rock pile where he went, and I was just going to back out. So at that point, I called my wife. I said, hey, baby, I shot a deer. She's like, wait a second. You're not going to shoot any deer unless it's that big three-by-three. Three. And I said, oh, he's he's definitely close enough. He's definitely close enough. He's, he's a four-by-four four at the time. That's what I thought. She was super excited. She's like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to call Brian. We're going to track some blood. And if we have to, we're going to back out of here. So we started tracking blood for a while. And then once we got over to where he ran over the hill, we kind of, we talked to Blaine. Yeah. So I had a, you called me. I got over there probably 45 minutes later. Yeah. Um, Hiked up that same exact brutal (laughs) hill in the dark. Uh, I think with your dying headlight, the one that. That you borrowed the time before? Yeah, I yeah. still have it in my car. Um, <laughs> so I got up there, and I was surprised I had service. So I called you a couple times, and I finally got you. 
and then uh, we kind of. I walked. dropped a bunch of pins so you can find me. You, my onyx is ridiculous. Yeah, it so wasn't working. Me. I had like passed way past that pond. Um, I went, you were almost to where the deer ended up dying. Pretty much. Yeah. And uh, so we waved each other in with the headlights. I got into you, and then like. You looked low, but you, you weren't letting it take, you know, you weren't letting it destroy you. Because I know some people in that situation would be, like, wrecked. Oh, I was I was devastated because anytime I've ever shot a deer with a bow, especially with a rage broadhead, I've watched them die. Like, there's there's no tracking. Like, you, you literally watch them die because the blood spews out like a garden hose, you oh, know? Yeah. So I was, I was low, but I wasn't going to let it get to me. I mean, the fact that I was able to track blood the way I did... And then when you got there, you saw the blood. You said, oh, this, this deer's dead. He's going to die. So we called up Blaine just to kill some time. And Blaine told us, he's like, hey, man, if, if you don't think you made a good shot, uh, just back out. Same thing that Visser has told me. If you don't think it's perfect, just back out till the morning. So we sat there for a while telling the story of, of, of what had happened and, and how ridiculous it was that, the first time you get to a spot to check it out, there's a, a buck of that caliber um, in your glass. Like that just doesn't happen in San Diego, and it's it's all it's all the previous deer that I've killed that gave me the ability and the confidence to be able to go kill that deer. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. I uh, remember we were on the phone with Blaine. Blaine is a SoCal Outfitters. Um, a guide. I'm a guide in San Diego, Southern California. Um, I remember being on the phone with him, and then he was like, well, you probably should just back out. It's going to be real hot tomorrow. He probably won't make it through the night, and uh, we'll find him in the morning. And uh, we had told him, like, I think we were trying to convince ourselves that it was okay to keep going. We we tried, but he, he convinced us otherwise. <laughs> well, you sent him a picture, and then he said, back the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, get out of there, find him in the morning. Yeah, he said that's that's a good buck. If you bump him, then you're never gonna find him. Which, which was the truth. Once once those hunters bumped him, the blood disappeared for a hundred yards. And thank thankfully, I marked where that rock pile was, where he crossed a dirt road. Actually, because um, we went straight to that dirt road and we started walking that dirt road, and then picked up blood again when he slowed down. And that was our saving grace right there. Because mm-hmm. once once they get bumped, they when they're running, they just don't they don't drop the same amount of blood as when they're walking. And uh, it gets spread out a lot farther. They're taking, you know, a lot bigger leaps and and whatnot. And at this point, we didn't find we haven't found the arrow. Yeah, we didn't find we, the arrow. Anything. We didn't find anything. And um, and that that's another thing too. Like watching him go up the hill after he was hit, you could see a good amount, but the sun was just like that perfect spot that that I just I couldn't see well enough of of what what had happened. Um. <clears throat> so after we talked to Blaine, we just sat there. Did we eat? Did we? What did we do? I think we just uh, went to go get your bow again because you had left that last blood with an arrow. Yeah, I left I left my hat, left my bow yeah. at all the different blood spots that we had found. Oh, not to mention, when you uh, when you walked me in, <laughs> I kind of came up the same canyon as the last sighting of the deer, which, yeah. was, not, which was not good. Yeah, I was but, like... Uh, it's not uh, like we were going to yell, hey, get out of there, you know? Yeah. Go a different way. And so... Brian, Brian and I split ways uh, on my way home. I ended up texting, uh, I think I texted Trav and I texted Bruce and, and Dan Vincent. And I was like, yeah, I hit a deer tonight. I just, I, I we backed out. I don't know how the hit was. Um, I was shaking like a leaf. 
so I'm just going to go home and then track in the morning. And everyone got back to me and said, hey, if you've got blood like that after we sent the pictures, you got blood like that, you're going to find that deer. Just, just don't worry about it. Just go get some sleep. And I got home. I slept for about two hours. And then I woke up and went back to the mountain. We were supposed to meet like at five. We were supposed to meet at five. I got there like 345. And I just retracked the same blood trail just, just to waste time. I don't even know what I was doing. Like, I was going, I was going out of my mind. You were just, you just wanted to be there. Yeah, I just, I had to be there. Yeah, I, I got there probably thirty to forty five minutes after you, and uh, had to find each other again because you, yeah. you couldn't sit tight. And I like, just oh, couldn't. Yeah, let him go, and then I'll find him up there again. And so, yeah, once once we found the the blood across the dirt road, we started following it, and ended up coming over this hill and there was a coyote following the same blood and he was like 60 yards away remember we had lost it yeah we had lost blood and then we started going uphill which normally is not what you think a wounded deer would go yeah but, but this, that's exactly where the deer went and we found good blood again and then we got so pumped again like it was good blood good blood like a sprinkler had went off on this trail he was on he was running over rocks they were painted and we would find like certain spots that were probably i would say within six by six puddles of blood you know yep and uh we had got over that hill and that coyote was bedded on that blood trail remember yeah <laughs> go ahead and take it away and so we, we followed this blood and followed it and uh at that point I, my spirit started getting better brian kept telling me he's like this deer is dead we're gonna find it but when you when you bump a ruddy buck i mean i don't care how how bad they're shot unless you straight heart shot them the things that they'll do is absolutely amazing. Like how tough they are, how far they'll go. And, uh, <clears throat> he had, he had jumped an old cattle fence. Yeah. And remember, we still haven't found the arrow. So at this point, uh, cause remember we kind of split that trail in half that, and half and we was, found blood. So like the arrows, either the spot where we missed or it's still in this deer. Yeah. And that's the thing. That was the death of him. I think because when he jumped that fence, when he arched his body, it dug that arrow in even deeper. And I think, honestly, is that that's what that's what killed him. That's when we were finding dark, dark blood. Yeah, that's when it was just dark red. Yeah. Um. So we made it. How far do you think we went? That that deer went pretty far. But what are you thinking? I don't think it went farther than a mile. Within three quarters. Oh no! It was. I would say max three quarters. Four hundred yards. Yeah. Well, as a crow flies, probably. Yeah, but, as a crow flies. Like, he, he had went up, and then he had went down, and then he looped around he that turned, ridge. Yeah. And we kept following blood, and it looked at like at one point, the coyotes were chasing him around a tree, remember? Yeah, yeah. there was blood circling around a tree. They were messing with him. Yeah, so he, he got chased around by coyotes, which I wish I wish he would have had a better a better death, but it's, you just you just never know. Even with a rifle, doesn't matter, rifle, bow, uh, hunting's hunting, and... and I've made a lot of really good shots and, and watched deer die, and this was kind of the first time that I, I didn't get that opportunity and that I actually stressed about what that rage did. I didn't know I didn't know we were going to find that deer. Brian did, but I just I just wasn't sure about it. I was, at that point, like I said, we still had no idea about the arrow being in him. Um, all I know is if that arrow's in him, that hole's not going to close. There's a gap, you know, the shaft and then the cut alone on the broadhead because I know if you you have a pass through and you're having problems finding blood, it's either, you know, guts or whatever, plugging it up. That's guts or a uh, backstrap shot. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll plug it up. But if the arrow's still in them, there's still a gap. That means there's still room for blood to fall out. Yeah. And, uh, 
we had got pretty close where we sat, we decided to take a break for a little bit. Yeah, we took a break and we were 30 yards away from where the deer was was laying and uh we know this crazy guy and he's he's tracked more blood trails than than any any of us. Um so we just sat down and waited for him to show up and uh once he got there he was on his hands and knees and and he followed that blood trail for 30 freaking yards. Timmy Coles. <laughs> Timmy Coles, come check out your buck. <laughs> that was the craziest thing. Dude, it I got I literally Yeah, I literally just like I put my hand on that deer and I think I started crying. Oh yeah, your hat came off. My hat came off. I got super emotional. Hair was sticking up everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got super emotional and tears were just streaming down my face. Uh yeah, you had to take a minute. Yeah, yeah. They're like, let's take some pictures, and I'm like, I can't. Hold on a second. Um, yeah, I think it was just the relief of of finding that deer, and the fact that it was, it was dead and it was done, and 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 after a whole night of of not sleeping and and driving an hour and driving an hour back to to start tracking again, I think just my emotions were on a, a different level, um, and it was just so much relief. Um, I mean, I don't care. I don't care if it was a, a deer of, of the caliber that, that I ended up shooting or if it was it was any deer. It was just relief finding that deer and, and knowing that it's not, not going to waste. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it had was probably in the mid-70s, going to 80s at that point. You know, we time was of the essence. You know, we had to... We had a couple hours before stuff started, started spoiling. And, uh, it was supposed to get in the 90s that day. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to get hot. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Brian was with me. The whole the whole way. The only part he he wasn't there for was the shot. Um, but it was a spot that he kind of turned me on to, and it just it it looking at your maps and and figuring out the places that most people won't go into and and where deer are gonna feel secure. Um, that's kind of that's kind of how it all all happened. I just got lucky that he was the he was the buck on the hot doe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if that was a little dink forky, he still would have caught an arrow. No, oh yeah, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he was, if he was a, if he was a forky, he still would have caught an arrow. I mean, at that point, the, the freezer we had just, just put an elk in there. Um, but local deer, nothing, nothing had died in the in the deer realm yet in San Diego. So, pretty much as as far as it goes with me with an A22 tag, uh, any deer's the right deer. And uh, not to mention. But that was your first local archery buck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've killed I've killed seven or seven or ten archery deer, but that was my first archery buck. And uh that whole conversation got started between you, Trav, Brandon, Bruce, um, Marshall. Basically everyone told me they said you you shoot a deer, you shoot a doe opening opening weekend every year. Um why don't you why don't you put your yourself to the test and just hold out for a buck. And that was a conversation that happened at a couple shoots a few months before season even opened. So I, I put the time in, I started glassing, looking for different bucks that I wanted to pursue. But in, in San Diego, trophy hunting has never been even something that's crossed my mind. It's pretty rough. Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not something that people do out here because <laughs> there's not, there's not trophies. So everyone, everyone put me to the test and, and wanted me to apply what I've learned over the years and s- to see if I could kill a buck with a bow. And, um, I mean, I passed on a lot of does. I mean, at that point it was what, three weeks into season or two weeks into season? October 1st, I think was the day. 
So, I mean, I had passed on a bunch of different deer, um, stalked that big buck up to 40 yards, and then ended up killing this, as uh, Johnny Ryan would call it, the uh, the snowflake buck. <laughs> I mean, he's just unique. He just has a bunch of character. I actually like him more than the 3x3, three three, even though he would fit inside of the 3 by threes rack. I like him more. And, you know, we're talking bases like a Copenhagen can. Yeah, he's got bases. <laughs> just to add the icing on the cake, you know. Yeah, you can't wrap your hand around his bases. So I don't know how old he is. I think Ed's going to age him and put him in um, CBH for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm saying at least eight. Eight to nine. Yeah, he's he's just a dandy buck. Um, Five by four. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 weak on one side. His fork side's pretty weak, but uh, the other side's pretty cool. Dude, I guarantee you, if that buck had matching of his weaker sides, no hesitation, because that buck was he's ridiculously big. Yeah, you know, like he's mass wise. He's old. Like he had scars, like fresh scars too. Oh, Remember, yeah. like he had cuts all over him. He's been fighting, and uh. He's an old warrior. A, yeah, he definitely is. Gray face. Uh, I think he had one cut in his ear. Ed just sent me a picture of, of him because Ed just beetled him out and stuff because he's going to he's gonna shoulder mount him for me. Um, but he sent me a picture of him with a, a four or five other bucks that have just been taken in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God damn, that, that, that buck puts up a fight with, with Arizona deer. Like, he, he's a good, good deer for sure. You know, everybody... In San Diego, you know, that's exactly what we're all after with the hopes of seeing something like that, you know, and uh, to be a part of, you know, especially, you know, one of my good friends putting something down like that. It, dude, like, he's such a stud buck. That's what we all dream about local. Um, I know we all say the first fork that walks in front of me is yeah. going down, but, dude, that's what, you know, SoCal dreams are made out of right there. And and that's what I try to explain to people. Like, everyone, everyone always tells me, um, you know, you, you keep shooting does, you're never you're never going to shoot a good buck. And I said, no, that's not how it works. Like, in my opinion, you go out and you hunt and you learn and you experience. And the more times that you kill does, the more you're going to be prepared to kill a buck like that when, when, when you do find him. And eventually, I told you this last year, I said, eventually my time will come yeah. to where I will be in a position with a big buck in front of me and I'll know what to do. Absolutely, and and we had that conversation. So it's just a, it's a matter of time. I mean, you could be one of those people that won't fill a tag unless it's a trophy buck in San Diego. But I mean, what, be eating a lot of tags, you're eating a lot of tags, and 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 throughout the year, Carly and I and Cooper, we eat a lot of deer meat, and I'm not willing to pass up meat. You know, like we we buy chicken here and there to have something different, like a chicken salad. But aside from that, we we eat game meat. Yeah, I think that's that's just what we do. That's what it's about, dude. It's it's crazy, man. Like, it was such a sick story. It's just, it just all worked out the way it was supposed to. And after I ruined that, that stock on that big buck, like, I wasn't deterred. Like, I still went out every day after work um, that, that the wife would allow me to and on the weekends. And, and she knew how excited I was. Like, after that stock on that, that big 3 by 3 I, mean, I was just stoked. I was stoked to have the opportunity. Like, if, if nothing ever happened after that, I would have been fine. That's what, it, that's what it's all about. People that think that you you got to go out to kill to be successful—that's just not the case. Like, don't don't get me wrong; it, it makes you feel better as a hunter, um, and, and and gives you motivation for the next year. But I was just talking to um, Ethan Curro last night. He's in uh, he's in South Dakota mule deer hunting, and he told me he missed a good buck. And so I Brona told, boys, yeah, yeah, Brona boys. And I told him I said he was he was he was pretty 
upset about it. And I told him, I said, all, all your failures, all your failures in bow hunting eventually teach you how to be successful. I said, so don't be upset about a failure because everyone sees a picture of a good buck that I, I posted on Instagram or on the Ridge to Ridge page, but no one knows how many times I failed to get to that point, you know? So once, once you get things figured out and you fail enough, it, it, it gets easier, easier to, to, to not fail, yeah. you know? If, if you can put, your, you know, not supposed to say ifs, ands, or buts, but if you can put yourself back in that situation when you're drawing back on that buck, would you change anything? Like what? What would you have done different? There's, there's nothing I could have done different. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't control myself at all. And like I said, like the reality of it is, muscle memory took over, and I didn't even, I didn't even break that shot. My, my adrenaline and everything that that I've practiced time and time again broke that shot. The shot went off, and I was like, oh my god! And then it hit, and I said, oh my god, that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Brandon has a saying, and he tell like I, I remember texting him. I was on that stock of that doe from last year, and uh, on stocks when I was in Arizona and Utah and whatnot. But he would I would text him like, "Hey, I'm a hundred yards away. I'm pretty, you know, I'm, I'm going in." And he'd tell me, "Hey, dude, trust your equipment. You can't kill it unless you have an arrow in it. Trust your equipment. Do what you do, like you're shooting foam. Get your anchor. Let it settle fly. your pin. And let it fly." You yep. can't shoot. You can't kill it unless you have an arrow in it. Yep. You know, it's just one of those things. You got to trust your equipment. You got to all that practicing all summer long. All that has to come into play, like you said, muscle memory. Yeah, and and you have to practice. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Like I have a shooting range at work, which a lot of people don't have the same same opportunity that I do to to wake up in the morning, go to work 40 minutes early, and, and shoot my bow every day. Not not everyone gets that opportunity. Um, but practice as much as you can because when when it when it counts on on a buck like that, like you 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 don't want any second second guessing it. Like if you miss an animal like that, you're gonna sit there and kick yourself in the ass the whole season and say why why didn't I practice more? You know, in different scenarios, that's why totally total archery challenge and all that stuff is so good. Or or get out in the mountains, your local mountains, and set up targets at steep angles up down. Um, Practice stuff that you you don't normally do because shooting at a uh, at Morley Field, what's that going to get you? You know, you have to learn how to pivot your body. So, so Travis Bowman puts on these outlaw shoots, and 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 I mean, it teaches you so much about shooting angles. Like one of the one of the shots he had was a, a super hard downhill pig, and the first round that we went through, I shot it high in the, the spine. And then after that, I was like, oh, that's what I did wrong. I didn't pivot my body. I just moved my bow. So practicing all these scenarios to be successful in the field uh, is, is super important. Um, so tomorrow, uh, tonight, I went out and, and glassed up a buck that we're going to go after tomorrow. Um, Carly set up on one of his does, one of his hot does he was chasing last weekend uh, to shoot. And he just, he was just a dandy buck. He's, he's not the three by three or the big four by four that I've been watching, but he's just a good heavy horn, dark, dark horn buck shooter. He's a shooter. Um, Travis gave me shit. He's like, you better shoot a dandy after what you shot. If you're going to fill your second tag. And I'm like, meat in the freezer, baby. It's, it's, you have more room in the freezer. We've eaten 25 pounds of elk so far. You put another 200 pounds of deer in there since then. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, like, I think we'll be set. Like, last year we had a problem. We filled 
two deer tags, a pig tag, and a javelina tag, and we ran out of meat two months before season started. Yeah, I mean, that's all you're living off of. So. That, that's what we eat. Um, you guys got javelina tags this January, right? Yeah, so so my wife has a javelina tag. I have a javelina tag. My, my father-in-law, we're going to go out and, and try to fill some javelina tags. We're all going to have deer tags as well. I've got a couple honey holes that, that I found out in Arizona. I've been going out there for like five years now. Yeah, I'm looking at a result of one of them right now. <laughs> that's a cool buck. Old broken four by. Yeah, that's a cool buck. Yeah, but uh, old. fun story that 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 buck definitely had some age to him. I mean, his his hooves were grown out weird, like uh, like like clown feet, dude. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that just means he's just a desert buck and he's been living in the sand, or he's old. I'm not quite sure what that means, but there's I'm, a kind of disease. I think it's a disease. Their hoofs like don't stop growing, and it it doesn't really help that they're in soft terrain. Yeah, he's he was in soft sand, the the desert zone that I shot him in soft sand. So, I'm I'm pretty sure he's he's an old buck. He was regressing. Um, Bruce shot his, I think son, son or or brother or something, but exact same antler setup, exact same everything, uh, just way bigger, way heavier. Um. Yeah, Bruce shot a tank. Yeah, that, that, that deer was a tank. But do you know what? I'll take that all day long. Oh, dude, absolutely. <laughs> An I, ar- archery buck, OTC Arizona. I mean, you can't complain about that deer. It kind of sucks that it's coming to an end now. Yeah, I don't know. Slowly. I would say in a couple years, it'll be a draw only. Dude, they, some units went to a draw only. Some units, you can only hunt coos deer. Yeah. Um. In the, in the December hunt, yeah. Yeah, in December and January, there's some of them that are taken away. Most of the uh, August seasons are open because it's kind of... No one wants to no hunt No one it. wants to hunt 100-degree weather. But uh, Except for me. I'm going to I'm gonna blow my Arizona January tag out. and I love early season hunts. I'm, yeah. I'm going to hunt velvet. We're supposed to go hunt coos deer, man. You flaking already? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'll put in for coos deer for sure. Um, I'll, I'll go blow some smoke at some deer. I, I'm... Typically, like when it comes to hunting deer, archery hunting is 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 my absolute favorite. And and if I were to look at a deer through a scope, the only thing I, I'd be thinking about is putting an arrow through them. You know? Yeah, I it's kind of opposite for me because I kind of started bow hunting and I just finally got a rifle with a good scope and stuff. So like it's it's all like I'm learning something over again. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's something it's something new. And I I did the same thing. Like I shot my first year in San Diego with a rifle and then picked up a bow. So. Years down the line, I got a good rifle and a good scope, and I wanted to try some longer-range shooting. And, and it turned out to be super fun, but I, I don't think anything's ever going to touch archery for me. It's a different it's a different game. It's so much fun, though. It's completely different. And you're full draw. You got a buck in your sight. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, my God. I'm, yeah. This is happening. Exactly. Well, we've been going for only about, thir- about only 38 minutes. Well, Add, add a little bit to it, dude. It's November. Local rut is firing off in a lot of places. Yep. A lot of bucks are falling. I see different bucks getting taken every weekend and a couple during the week. Um, been some dandies this year taken there, out. There's been some good bucks, and I think it's due to all the rain that we had during the velvet season. Um, yeah, there's just a bunch of moisture, and the, the, the deer are growing to their full potential this year, which I haven't seen that in a few years. Yeah, last year was um, two years ago was real good. Two to three years ago, yeah, around when Travis's page was taking off, yeah. Um, then, shout Travis. out to Trav. Trav, 
I, seriously, I look forward to that. When I get off work and I get to go look at Instagram and I get to see all the, the local guys putting deer down, man, it makes me so so pumped. Dude, I follow all kind of hunting pages on, <laughs> on my Instagram, but, dude, when I'm scrolling through, I'm just seeing all these bucks, Colorado, Utah, um, all these Western Who gives states. a shit? And I'm scrolling down. Oh, it's a big four, but whatever. And I scroll down. Oh, look, a little fork. You went down San Diego. A fork. You went down in San Diego. Heck Hell yeah. yeah. Our, our hunting community down here is so tight-knit in comparison. Like, you go to Arizona, Utah, anywhere, and, man, people get pissed if you're in a spot that they call their honey hole. Like, how'd you find this? Um, I looked at maps. Like, what do you mean, how'd I find this? Like, yeah, everyone has access to maps on X. That kind of scenario is going to happen, or we're going to talk about that when the Right to Bear boys get on. I heard some rounds were fired, but we'll save that for the next. Yeah, we'll save that for the next one. Some assholes tried to blow out deer, but we still killed all the deer in the area, so who cares? Well, right on, dude. Right on, man. Well, that's the story of the San Diego 5x4, and uh, hopefully we get to kill another one tomorrow. I think we will. I think we will, too. Gotta be positive. <laughs> all right, guys, get it done. Good luck this season. Hey, good luck this season, guys.